Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. I'm your host, Zach. Today I'm joined by my friend and a person I followed for a long time on Twitter, Mr. Shaden. Uh, how are you doing, Shaden? Maybe you want to just introduce yourself to all the people watching out there in the live chat? I'm pretty good, Zach. So if you guys don't know me, my name is Shaden. Uh, I go by the Twitter username, Shay underscore news 93. And um, yeah, how's your day been, Zach? My, well, my day has been... a Oh, my day's probably been more eventful than the first, you know, fifty minutes of that Oilers game. Uh, during the oh, yeah. first, yeah, during the first period, my fire alarm started to go off, so I was frantically running around trying to, you know, keep my eye on the game, obviously, because I got to be here on game over after the game. But I, you know, also wanted to make sure that my house wasn't on fire. So thank God yeah. for that, and I'm here and doing well, probably better than the Oilers were. That was that was a tough game to watch. That was really boring. Um, we're we're gonna get into all of that for sure. We're gonna talk about, you know. All the negatives that came today but i do think that as far as this game goes this isn't like any of the losses thus far in the season i think there are a number of positives that we can take away from this game not that we're looking for moral victories by any means but like yeah the, the play of jack campbell for sure the play of the third line uh and i think just overall at you know points in the game where we saw the oilers kind of pick up the pace i think they for a for a matinee game as far as like just pure judging on effort i think it was probably one of the best efforts we have seen or can have seen thus far even though it was a loss it, it I, this is so different than the loss you know to buffalo and uh calgary and yeah but before yeah. we get into all of that i have a message from our friends at sports interaction want to bet you can do it at sports interaction canada sportsbook football continues the world series is around the corner and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season bet pregame live in play or on one of our many prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Ontario only. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, Shaden, let's let's get into it. What are, what were your thoughts going into the game? How do you feel? Like you said, it's 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 weird because this loss doesn't feel like the loss to Calgary or Buffalo. Um, I mean, to start the game, uh, Soup was dialed in. He made a huge save on Jordan Cairo. But, um, yeah, like, once again, the Oilers kind of started slow, which has been a, it's kind of been a trend to start this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, the thing the thing is, like like you said, the Oilers, when, when they usually play a matinee game, they're not the best at it. Um, and, you know, as the game continues on, like you mentioned, they really pick up the pace. But, you know, it, that's also kind of been happening all season, too. You saw in Buffalo where the first two periods, you know, they were, they were completely a no-show. Then they, they didn't show up until the third period against Buffalo, and they had, like, 26 shots on Eric Connery. And it, it kind of happened here too. First two periods, they were kind of sluggish. Third period, they really picked up the pace, and most of the most of the good opportunities they've had, like like we said, came from that third line with McLeod, Yesapuy, Irving, Warren, Fogle. They were great. Mm-hmm. Um, even new, even the Nugent Hopkins and Hyman combo that we saw throughout the game, you know, they they were effective. I, yeah, I um, like them with Drysaddle. I um going into yeah. the game. This is what this is the only team in the NHL that where Connor McDavid doesn't average over a point per game against. So going in against St. Louis, we've seen in years past St. Louis has manhandled duos, and I'm always a little nervous going in. We all know how they perform in matinee games. They're always they're always rough. And I didn't I don't know if I want to necessarily call st- call the start slow. I think it was very it was more it was like sluggish, 
But I think it was sluggish on both sides. You saw St. Louis was kind of fighting the puck. Edmonton was kind of fighting the puck. I think the shots were 5-1, 10 minutes in for St. Louis. Like, But St. Louis didn't necessarily have the best chances. Uh, it, it was kind of a very, like, meh start. Both teams seemed like they were waiting in. Both seemed, teams seemed like they were waking up. At, you know, they're outside of their routine starting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but... I think as the game wore on, you saw Edmonton's offense come start to come through five on five. Now, this is the thing. They went the entire game until, you know, what, 10 minutes left in the third period. They got their first power play. And I think that actually affects them. I think the Oilers top players are guys who like to get they, they like to get their touches in. And when they get the power plays early in the game, you know, they get to handle the puck way longer. They're hanging back. They're surveying the zone. They get to get more comfortable into the game. And when they don't get a situation like that, it throws them off even further. So you saw when the power play came late in the third period, where I, I even wrote down, if they don't score here, it's over. Um, yeah. It, they were they were so out of sync. Like, you just, you can see it in the play that McDavid plays. I think he was, I, I noticed early on, he was actually flying. He was, you can tell when McDavid's having a really good game because he's doing way more cuts kind of behind the net. He's not skating in like, lines he's getting this way that way that way, just all over cut, cutting constantly and i think that was partially because he was matched up with nick, nick letty and nick letty is one of the best uh, skating defensemen in the nhl um but you, you kind of saw it, in it when it came to his passing right he was he was getting the puck up but i think both he passed to kane twice he made a pass to yamo and they were always behind him and then in the power play on the third period he went to cross i went did a cross ice pass right to dry settle and dry settle is nowhere to be found right so i think yeah. that just kind of throws them off um from the start but Overall, again, I, I don't necessarily think it was a bad game. I think as far as like structure goes, um, this was pro this was the best game we've seen so far. Now, part of that is because Jack Campbell had far and away his best game as an Oiler. Um, wh what do you think about that? I was just going to say, you know, Campbell basically uh, he's the only reason why the score wasn't four nothing or five nothing. You know. Mm -hmm. There's one. There's a couple of plays where Kulak turned the puck behind over the net, and Campbell had to make a great save. And you know, like you said, this was definitely this is definitely his best game as an Oiler so far. And you know, just touching on the power play, you know, I Drysdale's had a really slow start to the season, and you know, I don't know if that that um, ankle sprain is still kind of bothering him, but he just doesn't really look look the right to start off the year mm -hmm. and you know you mentioned that all the pucks you know like mcdavid tried to try to feed kane a couple times you know um you know cave's not off to the best start either and i do think that's also affecting the team's results you know you know if you can get kane going if you can get kulak going if you can get dry soda going and this team is pretty much i wouldn't say unstoppable like it's it's a damn good team and you know you we just haven't seen the best out of your top players yet so far this year mm -hmm. um well, and yeah, like you said, that. Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, no. And like you said, uh, the power, the power play. You know, they were totally out of sync. You know, fifty minutes without a power play. There's only two power plays this game for both sides, and uh, yeah, it just looked totally out of sync. And mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned structure. I definitely think structure lies. The Oilers were actually really, really good. Um, the only, I mean, it was two nothing, but it was empty. And the only goal of the game basically was a power play. So. A power play goal from Krug. So yeah, five v five. Oilers defended actually pretty pretty well. Um, the thing that hurts is that I think the Oilers could have actually won this game because oh, they yeah. got the goal team performance and um, 
yeah, the the struggle five v five say made a difference. And, um, and yeah, and that's been the story with the Oilers, you know, over the past however many seasons. It's always been five on five. Under Dave Tippett, we we all called them the power play merchants, right? We all we all knew that yeah. was a thing. And it's funny because today, again, effort is just it's so different. If you go through like the expected goals for all of the players, uh, a lot of them are over um fifty percent, right? It's 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 really interesting to see that. Um, it, it, I, I've seen on Twitter, it's being perceived as like a, a bad game, but I don't necessarily think, I think, and I, and this is the other thing. I don't want to say they were there. They got goalie because I don't, I still, I don't believe they got goalie. There was never a moment where I watched Bennington. And I was like, wow, what a save. If any other goalie in the NHL that's in, he's just off one night because no team is getting goalied three, uh, two times in the first five games of the season by Eric Comrie and Jordan Bennington. <laughs> I think there's more fundamental issues here with the way they're playing, but uh, I, 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 for when you look at like the, the top line, you got Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto. I think McDavid and Kane, we've seen where they have worked well in the past, obviously in the playoffs. There's something off to start the season there. It's 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 not the chemistry that they had, at least I haven't it hasn't felt the same to me. And I, I think part of that does have to do with Yamamoto being on the on the yeah. right there. Because I don't understand how he hasn't caught any flack, but watching him, I wrote down he's he's turning into like from what I've seen, he's turning into, you know, the new version of kind of Alex Chase on. Every time the puck is on his stick in the offensive zone, it just tends to die. He's a little faster. He's a little more flashy. But at the end of the day, he's he ends up killing a lot of plays and he ends up sending the play, you know, down the other ice. I, I saw a stat come out today. I think it was Dustin Nielsen that tweeted it out. And he said, in the last 30 games, playoffs, regular season, whatever... Pooley-Arvey has four goals. Yamamoto has three goals. How Yamamoto has not... We haven't heard anything about Yamamoto and everyone's been screaming and yelling from the top of the mountain about Jesse Pooley-Arvey makes no sense. There's... And, and, and like you said to start the show off, Jesse Pooley-Arvey is part of one of the best lines... You Probably the best third line I can remember the Oilers ever having. The McLeod-Fogel-Pooley-Arvey line, as far as just defensive play, they don't give anything up. And they're creating a lot. Eventually, they're due to start scoring some goals. It's a, I think it, they're due for a positive regression in that regard. Like, their shooting percentage has got to be insanely yeah. low. I think only the only one who's actually scored is um is a Ryan McLeod. McLeod. And it wasn't... Yeah. There was a shorthanded goal, and I think the other one was on a power play, but I'm... I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. But you, you you made a comment about how you think um, Brett Kulak had a tough game. You want to get into that? Yeah, you know, I tweeted this out uh, er, earlier in the game, and you know, Kulak was a perfect fit for Edmonton uh, when he was acquired at the trade deadline. Um, he was mainly in that third pair role with Tyson Berry, um, and you know, this year he was elevated to the second pair, and. For the first five games, he's just looked really off. I use the word uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically because, you know, you never seen like Kulak looks like he's panicking a lot, and that's not like him. You know, if you go back to game six against the Kings last year when Darnell Nurse was suspended for that game, Kulak was, I think he, I think he was on the first pair because Keith mm -hmm. was still on the second pair. Um, he was fantastic C. C. that Kulak. game. CC mm -hmm. Kulak, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know why he's struggling. Could it be an increase in minutes? Could it be because he and Barry just aren't as good as a pair as we thought they would be? I don't know. And, you know, that's also kind of killing the Oilers because, um, you know, Evan Bouchard, you know, he's still, you know, he's still young. He's still going to have his defensive relapses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tyson Barry, you know, he's not known for his defense. And, you know, Darnell Nurse is still making some weird plays, 
uh, like, you know, he's five feet away from the red line and he tries a laser pass and it becomes an icing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they gave Kulak that contract, that money to be that second pair of D-man and he hasn't really shown it yet. That being said, I think he will, we, he will rebound because I, I, cause I think, I, I think Kulak's a solid player around. I just think the whole team's in a slump. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh. No, he's just been really off to start the year, and it's it's, yeah. well, it's odd. It's yeah, just, no, it's I, just really it's just I really agree. odd. I agree. Um, the, well, the thing is here for me, I when I was watching the game, what I wrote down is, uh, to me, this to me looked like one of Brett, Brett Kulak's best games so far to start the season. It's funny because I thought Nurse, uh, Kulak, and Cece all played really well. I think that there's this there's this problem, and I, what I think my own personal theory is that because we're running 11 and 7, they're not getting... I, I know I've heard Stauffer say in the past that the Oilers defensemen don't like 11 and 7. They want consistency with their partner. They want to be able to be out there with the same person, making the same plays, and you learn where to go, and that's obviously how you develop chemistry. And I you watch that they're constantly rotating. One shift, it'll be Kulak, Barry. One shift, it'll be Kulak, Bouchard. One shift, it'll be Nemo, Barry. And I think that is, you know, slowed down a lot of the Oilers defensemen kind of getting into the season and getting into midseason form. If you watch, um, like, some of the plays, Brett Kulak, well, he, I thought his gap control was so much better. It was a lot more Woodcroft-esque than Tippett-esque. Like, they were, they were, they were yeah. controlling the blue line today a lot better, and, and, and uh, that's obviously a very big positive going forward. And, uh, you know, you just notice that when Kulak and Nurse are... They, they'll have these, like, random... 10 bell giveaways like you saw with Kulak where Campbell had to make one of the save of the year candidates five games in right where he just kind of gave it away right to Ryan O'Reilly Ryan O'Reilly passed it type thing it was Cairo and Campbell slides across and robbed him but for the most part I think the lack of consistency in partners is one of the main reasons in why they they seem like they're a little more jumbled to start the year and that's you know as we like move out farther that's more of a salary cap thing and who knows when they'll be able to actually run uh, 12 and 6 lineup we're pretty much waiting until Dylan Holloway could come back which might be against another, the next game against St. Louis in St. Louis when they play their first uh, a road game on I think Wednesday and yeah. Wednesday, yeah so no I um I agree here my co my co-host from the last couple games is in the chat Dennis he says drives passes have been kind of off skating a bit more tough but that one back check needs to, that one back check to break up the 2v1 on the PP and yeah I agree dry sidle I didn't have a problem like again i hate ragging on dry saddle and connor because frankly they're the two of the three best players in the world without yeah like without them we'd be nowhere exactly let's just like exactly that. and the thing is the he had that one back trick but a lot of the issues on the power play in the first place were caused by some, you know, lack of awareness from Drysdale on his passing, which you know is so uncharacteristic. And yeah, he got surface envy in the chat saying Winnington again. I I thought Binnington played fine. He played solid. He definitely yeah. was very good. Um, I don't necessarily think it was you know the best performance of his career. I don't think he'll. This is any different than any of his other, you know, good games. good games. It was just, it was just, it, it was just a, a, it was a matinee performance. It was. A slow. It was a slow. They were feeling each other out, and overall, I didn't. I I didn't. I didn't think the Oilers played. I I think the Oilers played well, but again, it's one of those things where we sit here after, and you just they could have played a slightly bit better if they just finish on one or two plays, which we all know they're capable of. Again, I still believe they have one of the best offenses offenses in the NHL. They should. These are the games that they should win because of especially you can't 
take goaltending like that and waste a game like this. Like the fact yeah, that it, that they had plays from Campbell where, oh, that he was making disgusting saves. I was shocked and watching him like because he looks like smaller in the net than every Oilers goalie we've seen in the past. It's so like I can't comprehend how he's like getting to all these places and it's really weird. I I don't know if he's just better positionally. I'm not a goalie expert by any means. I try. I'm not very good at analyzing goalies, but. Um, no, he's, he was fantastic. And to watch a game like that, just go to waste where you had games where, you know, coming in, he had a, what, a five goals against average and, you know, an eight, yeah. 50 save percentage or something. It, it, it's really unfortunate. And I think this does put a little bit more pressure on the team going and playing another undefeated team, uh, on, uh, in two days against Pittsburgh. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, um, you can't waste a performance like that. And, no, I one thing I will say, I think this is a good game for Jack to get his confidence going. You know, it, it's not it's it's not the start that he wanted, it's not the start that the team wanted, and you know this could be a great game going forward for his confidence, especially making some like you said some robbery rob robbery saves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's huge going forward for him, and yeah, and now it's up to the team to perform. You know, uh, absolutely. I I know I know people always like to blame the goalies, but you know you can't blame Jack after that one, especially if you don't score a single goal. No, so. exactly. He can't score. He did his job in the oldest forwards into this. A one player who I thought did a good job, and he has the right idea when it comes to creating chances in the offensive zone. Especially, I did write down at one point. I was like, they need just a greasy goal. They they aren't getting those goals in front of the net. They're not getting those shots from two, three feet out. It seems like whenever they're doing it, they're they're not elevating over the pad, or they're just not taking their shots at all. Hyman. When he, in the first period, he comes down, he cuts across, and he takes a great shot 10 to 15 feet out and causes havoc in front of the net. Later in the third period, Hyman drives on Nugent Hopkins. Hyman, I think, receives a pass from Drysdale, takes a shot, Nugent just misses the rebound, right? Like, they have the right idea when it comes to creating offense 5-on-5, and if you keep making plays like that, it's eventually going to come. It's when you see the players like we've discussed, like Yamamoto, like Kane, who kind of take the shot, peel off, or... Like, I find, I said this a couple broadcasts ago, Kane tends to... There's times when I'm thinking, just Kane, your job is to shoot. Doesn't matter if there's a guy in front, just shoot. And he tends to defer a little bit too much to Connor, I've noticed, looking for kind of yeah. the perfect shot. And in, in situations, and we've seen that with so many of Connor's linemates, right? They they always think, oh, well, I know I'm, you know, I'm in the NHL, whatever, but Connor, he's so good. He can get a better chance than me. I'm going to pass to him, even though Connor's covered, especially this game where he's Connor's matchup against one of the best skating defensemen in the NHL. And you saw Nick Letty did his job, obviously, when it came to shutting. Not that Connor had a bad game any means that ping pong thing when you came in in the second period yeah that was that was like wow i screamed that's the type of goal that it's not gonna that's the type of play that's not gonna be a goal but you're gonna see it on twitter for you know two weeks straight here just how amazing and otherworldly that play was i i thought that was yeah. fantastic and, and and another thing i don't know what it is we've seen this is the second time we've seen it now brett kulak and i know not trying to blame everything on Kulak and they blew yeah. didn't score on this play but he's this is more in the first week he's backing up into the zone and he goes to pivot to turn around because the blue skater starting to beat him and he just completely collapses like the Nazem Kadri goal we saw in Calgary I don't know if it's who's sharpening his skates or what but it's something that we need to figure out because if you keep falling over when you're transitioning from skating backwards to skating forwards, their teams are you're gonna have, give up a ton of odd men breaks, and obviously everyone, it's you're not gonna be successful long term. And yeah, yeah. So I I just don't think it, it was necessarily the cleanest game, but overall I am I know I don't sound like it, but I am satisfied with kind of how they played defensively. Uh, as far yeah. as like as far as like through two periods, um, the I wrote I came in after I 
went to on my computer after the game and I looked on natural stature. The Oilers were con controlling the expected goals by I think five or ten percent. They were over. It was like fifty-seven. And same with the Corsi. Like the Oilers were, I think, the better team in this game. St. Louis just converted on one power play chance. It was just a screenshot right from the point. It was. I don't necessarily blame Campbell whatsoever. It's a power play goal. Those things, it, stuff's going to happen. It's just you wish that the Oilers had the ability to convert on one of their you know many chances. And it, but it, but I will say when you look at like the game you know two days ago against Carolina or whatever, if you look at the high danger scoring chances in that game through two periods, I think it was like. 12 to 6 for the Oilers or something or 12 12 or they, they they were a crazy number but then when you come to this game and you look after two periods the high danger scoring chances were 4 to 4 it, you you know yeah. it was just a much slower it was a more of a slog fest uh this is the blues ended up coming into this game and they brought their game to the Oilers rather than the Oilers bringing that high fast pace what they brought to Carolina and uh yeah. i think these are the games that the Oilers, I know I said last game that that's the type of game the Oilers, that's the type of game the Oilers want to play, can play, and will almost always win. This is the type of game the Oilers still, we've said this for so many years and we've heard tons of people say it, need to get better at winning. It's it, it's not luck. There just, there needs to be that conversion. And I think players like, you know, like Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod to me, fantastic. He looked awesome. What do you think of Ryan McLeod? I think McLeod's in for a big year. I had a prediction before the preseason started. I think he's going to get 35 plus points. I still think that would have been nice to get him, get him signed to a long-term contract, but uh, we'll see what happens um, then. But yeah, I think McLeod is so good. I think he's starting to actually, sh I feel like the league doesn't really acknowledge him when they're talking about the Oilers. You know, when people talk about Edmonton, it's the McDavid drives on the show, Kane, Nuge, no one, Hyman, no one really talks about how good Ryan McLeod is. No. He had a bit of a coming out party against the Avs. Mm -hmm. um in the playoffs he's brought the same intensity he's looked so good like you said he's so good in his own zone um he's the 3c that the oilers have needed for a long long time and yeah i, I think like you like we mentioned him puyarvi and fogel that's a line you keep together mm -hmm. um having said that i think when you're looking at next game against pittsburgh i think one of the guys you you might want to demote is yamamoto i think I think because of Kane's finishing ability, you have to kind of keep him with Connor. But, you know, if I was at Edmonton, I, I try to go Nuge, McDavid, or Kane, with Kane because we've seen in times past where Nuge and McDavid have that chemistry. Nuge can bring that bit of a two-way presence. Um, and Nuge has an underrated shot, too. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a, he has one of the best wrist shots in the game. He had some good um, shots I, tonight. Oh, yeah. And, like, I think Hyman drives on Yamamoto. That's such a hard four-checking line, and that's mm -hmm. going to drive the other team insane. Like, as much as Yamamoto doesn't have the finishing ability, um, he is a dog on a four-check. He's like Zach Hyman light. Mm -hmm. um, I think that'd be a great line. You keep the third line together. Fourth line doesn't really matter if they go 11 and 7. They, you can they have plug to go anyone 11 in there. And 7. Okay, until Holloway yeah. could come back, they have to go 11 and 7. Uh, yeah. It, the, the, going into next game, it, I don't know... If, it's tough because I know they didn't score and obviously changes will have to be made. I don't necessarily think the second and third lines, you can, you need to touch them at all. But the problem is you don't want McDavid going a full game without getting a point five on five, obviously, right? So obviously you need to make changes there. Um, with Yamamoto, it's such a tough one. I think if the, like, if the Oilers were a cup contender, like they are a cup contender, but I think 
at their peak at the best possible format that the Oilers ever like would be I think the Oilers have Yamamoto on the third line or the fourth line yeah. to be honest right I don't know like to me I personally I believe I think Jesse Pugliarvi is fine on that top spot who knows that Connor thinks Kane obviously likes playing with him but it, it, I think going forward I didn't think this would be a need but maybe they do need another top six winger you know as the season progresses I, I don't know if that's something you've thought about at all I I thought about it I mean I've always thought that if if you're playing if McDavid's lines need to be two great finishers, mm-hmm. um, like I love Yessa, I do. Um, let's be honest, he's not a great finisher, and that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's so good at every other aspect of the game that he's still very valuable. With Yama, when he's not on his game, he he doesn't really provide anything, and you know he is more of that third line checking forward, as we mentioned. Um, so you know if who knows maybe at the deadline. I, we're still far away from that, but at the deadline, if the Oilers want to add a top six forward, I'd be okay with giving up Yamamoto in that spot because I think at that point, Holly should cement himself in the NHL, and you still got Fogel. Um, you still got a lot of AHL pieces too, and James Hamblin and Noah Philp, right? Yeah. So losing Yamamoto, trading Yamamoto and packaging him with another piece for an actual top six finisher, I think that's a move the Oilers should be lo- looking to make. I mean, I, th- I, w- I was screaming for Burakovsky to get signed here because he'd be such a great fit mm-hmm. with McDavid. But, um, yeah, obviously it's only, what, five games in. Yeah. Maybe a bit too early in a panic, but, yeah, just some concerning trends from a couple of the players we've seen. So it, it is a bit too early to panic, and I, I, I was probably more panicky after the game against Buffalo than I was and, yeah. I, and I'm feeling right now. Um, I think yeah. I think that we've seen a number of, like, We've seen aspects in each game of like the premier Oilers team. Like we saw the goaltending and defense tonight. We saw the offense last game. You know, it's just a matter of taking all those little things that you're doing and putting it all together in a game, you know, because they're coming up. They have another game against the Flames. They cannot play like they did, you know, uh, the last couple, the last time, next time against the Flames. It's going to be really interesting to see going forward. And I think we all know they are capable of it. I think there's a few small minor things. I think, you know, Woodcroft has to make some changes. One thing that I noticed Woodcroft actually did, and, and he did it today, there was after, right after St. Louis scores their goal, Woodcroft has a tendency to go to the fourth line and third D pairing after the goal is scored. And I'm just watching St. Louis get like, you know, <laughs> intense pressure. And I'm like, why would like, you have three so much better lines, five on five. Why would you possibly, like, I just, it was, and it wasn't even just the regular third pairing. It was Nima line and Murray. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, yeah. this is not, not looking good. I I did think Nimalainen actually, I think this might have been his best game of the season. I thought he was very oh, solid yeah. this game. He was much more physical. He was much more hard breaking up the four check. And I thought that, you know, that showed in the game. Um, but I, I, I still think going forward, I want to see, like, I think once Philip Robert gets back from his injury, he plays a couple games in Bakersfield, he'll be up here. Uh, another person that you brought up that I also would like to see up here uh, is James Hamblin. I, I would really like, we all liked what he did in the preseason. I think he'd be really interesting to watch as the fourth line center. I, Honestly, I know a lot of people hate on Shore and Ryan. I thought I think actually through the season they've been they've been fine as a fourth line. They haven't necessarily been leaking goals like we've seen Devin Shore have a tendency to do. Um, but you know, yeah. overall, there's just a bunch of little things that we've seen that are good. But we just got to watch them put it all together going forward. And I and I, I do have confidence in them doing that. What are your thoughts on the Oilers? You know, going forward into Pittsburgh. Well, we'll see. Um, you know, it wasn't, let's be honest, it wasn't going to be the easiest search of the season. You know, um, 
you would have liked to win against Buffalo, but what could you do? The Oilers always struggle against it for some reason. But yeah, I think that really, because they have a three-game road trip coming up, right? I think they they kind of need to win on uh, on Wednesday, uh, Monday. Sorry, set the tone for that road trip. Three three on the homestand, still pretty solid, especially you know you're playing a lot of good teams. You know they just beat probably a team that's going to go to the Cup Finals in in Carolina, right? We'll see. So. Um, yeah, so if they just play like they did against the Canes and bring the defensive game like they did today against St. Louis, I think the Oilers have a pretty good shot of winning against the Penguins. And in recent years, they've actually played Pittsburgh pretty, pretty well. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I like how you mentioned Derek Ryan because, you know, you know Ryan might be getting up there in age and he's not gonna probably going to provide the offense anymore, but I still think he's an excellent defensive center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I know Shore gets kind of memed on a lot. But you know, like you said, I think I think he was fine as yeah. well. Um, they're doing their jobs. They're they're kind of role players at this point. I I remember watching the the new Oilers the drop episode and Woodcroft once like states he wants an identity line. That's kind of what they do, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of their job. Um, set the tone for the game. Uh, not really give up a lot. They're not gonna produce a lot either. But yeah, they did their job. I thought they were pretty solid. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's my thought. When 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 I when I hear identity line, I get PTSD because I think of Lucic on the left and Cassian on the right, and I, I <laughs> yeah, it's Brodziak at center. I just cannot handle the term identity line. So to have a, a different type of identity line with Shore and Ryan and you know maybe James Hamlin or like Matt, Noah Matthewfield, um going forward, um, I th- I think that <laughs> that's a, a breath of fresh air. But yeah, no, I, I three and three on the homestand. Not the worst. Definitely would have liked to see it a lot better. I think all of us have higher aspirations for the Oilers in a three and three homestand. I think they will yep. pick it up. We've always seen the way, you know, of, of this iteration of the Oilers. They always tend to finish the year off really strong. They have that lull, you know, in December. But um, let's just hope that the lull has come a little bit early this year. I'd rather play That's sloppy. I'd rather get the sloppy play. I'd rather get this bad stuff out now. And as we go forward, we know what works. We know what doesn't. We know what we need to do going forward. And I think I, I'm I'm not panicking yet at all. I think we're poised for a really good season. And I'm I'm really excited for the next game against Pittsburgh. McDavid, Cro- McDavid always shows up to play Crosby. Those are always some of his best games. And yep. I think it's a national game in the U.S. It's at 6 o'clock. So... It's going to be really fun. There's going to be a lot of eyes on it. So I'm really hoping the Oilers come out to play because if they don't, it's going to be all over about, you know, some of the storylines that, you know, aren't necessarily around here in Edmonton, but are around the league when it comes to the Oilers that we all as Oilers fans aren't, you know, the most happy about. But um, yeah, overall tonight, my final thoughts on the game. Solid effort. I'm not disappointed with the effort as far as it just because of the circumstances surrounding the game. But it's not good enough. We need to see more finishing. We need to see more shots. I saw someone in the chat yeah. talking about it earlier. Yamo Kane, just get the puck on net. Those are the two. Like, everyone, just get the puck on net. There, there's not enough shots. They're not creating enough opportunities. They're not, you know, making enough havoc in front of the net. And, I, and going forward, we, we know they will when Woodcroft took over. I think their shots per game went up by like five or six. Something really intense. So I, I, I expect that that will come back. Um, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, Thursday, your final thoughts. Yeah. Just like you said, just, it was, oh, it was an okay game all around. Um, some positives to take out of it. Still got to work on some stuff. Finishing of course is a huge topic. Get more shots on it. Half my notes are just based on shots. Just shoot Mm -hmm. the puck, Mm -hmm. please. Um, you know, it always seems like they're looking for the fancy play, the fancy goal, but, uh, yeah, just hopefully they can play like this 
or the defensive side like this against Pittsburgh, uh, take some of the offensive aspects you played against Carolina, and uh, we'll go from there. And so. it, yeah, if they do, I'm more than confident that they will win. So uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I want to thank you again for your time on the broadcast. Uh, where where can they find you? So once again, you can find me uh, at Shea underscore News93 on Twitter. Uh, I also have my own podcast, so if you want to check that out, it's called The TundraCast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, YouTube. And uh, yeah, it was uh, fun to be a part of this, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, Shay. I really appreciate your time. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. And I think Dennis will have the game against Pittsburgh uh, in two days from now on uh, on Monday. Uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we will see you then. Have a great time. Thanks for joining us on Game Over Edmonton.